We're on the road. Where transportation goes, community grows. Welcome to On the Road with the MTA. And welcome to another exciting edition of On the Road with the MTA. I'm Jay Gibbons alongside with Stephanie Kay from the MTA. How's Steph? I am great. So what number is this? We're in our 40s We're already? 43. Episode My number 43. Goodness. That's a lot. That's interesting. People can go back and listen to any of the past episodes, yep. can't they? They're all there. Okay, there's some really good ones in there, too. It's a very good one. Yes. <laughs> of course, we're going to have a good one today, too, because not only is it Jay and Stephanie Kay, but we also have Mr. Benning, who rejoined us. He was so great last week. People said, we want to hear more from him. Yep. I said, can you come back down? He's like, all right. <laughs> but the reason he came back down is because a very special friend of his is on with us today, too. So, Mr. Benning, thank you for being here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here with you, too, and uh, a real pleasure to be here uh, today when we uh, get a chance to talk to a Really great friend and an advocate for public transit in this country, Scott Bogren. Yeah, well, you know so many. You, you actually recommended him. You said, I think we yes. should have him on, and I'm glad you did Absolutely. because he is the executive director. He's been that since 2016 of the Community Transportation Association of America, which is CTAA. And what I really like about this is prior to COVID, he himself used the daily transit. So I thought that was very impressive. So he knows it better than ever. So, But you're in Maryland, and you know what? This is wonderful. I think thanks to COVID, we can actually do these Zooms from different states. But you're in Maryland right now, and thank you for joining us, Scott. Oh, pleasure to be here, Stephanie. And uh, it's always great to chat with Ed. Uh, you know, we I get to work with all sorts of great transit managers around the country. And Ed is right, as I mentioned, at the top of that list and uh, uh, eager to discuss the way people move, because that's really what the point of all this is. Well, it is. You know, people take the, the transit to work or to get to the grocery store or to the doctor's office. They don't realize what all goes behind the scenes to make that happen for them. They might say, well, you were a few minutes late. They have no idea how much the construction and people trying to get, there was 5 million people a year were trying to transport. So I have a question for both of you. When did you guys first meet each other? Mr. Benny, when did you first meet Scott Bogren? Oh, um, trying to think here. I think we officially met at a... Uh, well, it may have been before we joined as a member in Washington, coming together over a, a, an issue with transportation, um, but at the Community Transportation Association annual meeting and uh, uh, various events, we've met for coffee, we've, we've met over uh, a number of issues and worked really close together. So I think a combination of all that. So how long has that been for you, Scott, when you first met Mr. Benning? Well, I, I knew of Ed. It's got to go back a decade at least. I know I can recall us together in a meeting in Detroit in uh, maybe 2015, 2016, around there, where we were discussing at the time um, trying to raise the amount of money that Congress was making available to uh, buses and to bus replacements for systems like the Flint MTA. Well, I know, Mr. Benny, you said you guys work in the trenches together, right? I mean, you really have to work hard to get things happening. Well, you know, the, the legislature, um, be it as it is, uh, we get into uh, guidance. And when we get into guidance, we have to work with many agencies, including the Federal Transit Administration and, and others. And uh, I know Scott spends much more time than I do. But a lot of our work's done there, and that's really in the trenches where you have to go in and you have to advocate for what we need and uh, be able to tell your story and uh, know how to put the put all the dots together you know and and to put it all together and uh, i know that's the the life that scott's involved with with all of his members but uh, we both have to do a lot of that and quite often 
I call upon uh, Scott in the CTAA to help us with some of these issues. And the one he just mentioned near and dear to us is replacing buses that were nearly 40 years old. Wow. Yeah. That could be dangerous if you don't replace them. Really, at 40 yes, years old. That's, absolutely. Heck, I'm, I felt old at 40 years old, so yeah, I could use some upgrading and replacing. <laughs> so, Scott, what is it that actually does happen with CTAA? What do you do? What do they do that the average person traveling right now can relate to? Like, why do they think they need you? Like, what do you do to help the, the passengers? Sure, and, and that's the point of all of it. You know, uh, uh, our goal is to make sure trips are happening, that they're happening on safe new equipment, that they're happening in the most cost-effective and efficient ways, and that the systems like the Flint MTA and uh, over a thousand other systems like that that are members of ours, that, that, that they have what they need to make the important trips happen, you know, so that somebody can get to the doctor when they need to get to the doctor. They can commute to work when that's, when that's their choice. You know, we, we learned so much about essential in the last year and a half during the pandemic and, and the work that, that Ed and Harmony and others at Flint do is, is making those essential trips happen. And, and if you really boil it down, that's what we're here to do at, in DC is work with all the systems and make sure they all have that capability to, to move people. So you must always be busy because I see Mr. Benning on his phone all the time. It's ringing. There's texts. I've I've seen him, and I've said this more, more than once. I've seen Mr. Benning in, in action. We will be at a senior center giving a presentation, and he will talk to a, a sweet little 92-year-old woman with as much compassion and make her feel as important as he does when Washington calls him, and they want to know how they can copy what he's doing here in Flint. And he's just, he treats everybody the same way. So I'm sure you both have had to work in Washington fighting the big guys to make sure the little people here have what they need, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, That's- definitely. The whole idea of, of uh, it, it's very interesting. There's this concepts, and those of us who work in Washington and know a lot of members of administrations and members of Congress, you know, they're just people. Uh, when you, that's what they are. And, and I always tell our members that we work with whomever the people of the country send to Washington. And I've never found a member of Congress, uh, presidential administration, that we can't connect the work that the Flint MTA is doing to what their goals are as politicians. There's always a way to find common ground. And that's kind of my job is to make sure that that's that that we're we're, we're finding that and where we find common ground, we're building on that so that, again, the rides can happen in, in, in the right way. So you two work together to make that happen, obviously, right? Like if you have to go to Washington and, and try to convince them why we do need to have rides to wellness, why we have to take the veterans to the hospitals, you together, work together to make them understand that. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. We do it uh, from two different angles. We're the provider here. We're the transportation provider here in Flint and Genesee County. And we call upon Scott to help us and, and uh, move those issues forward so that uh, we can get in the right venue to talk with the right people because they're just people. And as they understand better what we're attempting to do in this changing world of ours, uh, the level of support uh, continues to grow. But it's through organizations like the 
Community Transportation Association of America that we are so successful in our efforts in Washington because uh, they can unite with us, work with us, support us, and, and get the word out and do it in a way so it's understandable because sometimes we just get a very small window to tell our story, and, and I think that's where the greatest impact comes. Uh, I really appreciate uh, the CTAA and all of what they offer the members. We're a member and all the training and all the all the different resources that we can call upon, but I will tell you that I have been very impressed uh, with Scott and the organization, what they've done to help us here in Flint. Well, I must say I'm proud of both of you because I see what you're doing for the community. I see the people that are in need that could not even get to the doctor or to the grocery store without the transportation. And I know that didn't come easily. You guys had to fight for that. What was one of the, if you want to share this, what was one of the biggest struggles that either one of you had to fight for and what's one of the most um, accomplishments that either one of you were able to make? Well, I'll tell you a real quick story about meeting with the Senate Banking Committee uh, <laughs> in the middle of the summer in July, and Scott can appreciate this. Uh, I was in a room with, uh, there was no, uh, no one there to take uh, records or, or to report anything. It was just a cross-the-table discussion with about 10 representatives, and there was four people from the United States that was invited in that room. And we were all representing public transit or transportation. And um, I recall that one of the senators, unnamed senator, looked at me and said, I think we're just going to take all of the money and just give it to the Ubers and Lyfts. <gasps> and that way we'll have uh, quality transportation. And I said, that's only because you don't understand what we can do. And I said, why don't you use the money you're spending six and $800 paying for ambulances and put it in public transit where we can do round trips for 30 to $40. And uh, I had their attention. I <laughs> bet. That's what you're so good at. So, but that was a nose to nose in a very warm room with no air in the <gasps> summer. And they invited me in and said, can we have you back to better understand this? Well, when you talk about better understand, I really think that's where uh, a lot of Scott's work comes when we call uh, and ask for support is understanding being able to take that message forward. That, that's where it's invaluable. Well, it's because you care. You have passion. You care about the people. You understand their needs, and you try to make that met. What about you, Scott? What were some of your most challenging uh, efforts or most accomplishments that you would like to share? Well, you know, one of the things that, that I find is a lot of our members, and I don't think Flint would necessarily fall into this, but a lot of our members tend to be kind of like the best-kept secret in town. And and they're run by people who don't want to call a lot of attention to themselves, uh, they, 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 they put their head down, they do, they do good work. And, and every now and again, as, as Ed mentioned, you've got to remind the people who are making some of these policy decisions, you, you've got to have people step out of that kind of shadow and, and, and move into the limelight. And, and very often the policymakers are uh, amazed at the work that's being done. I, we work with a lot of very small communities. In addition to Flint's, we have members all across the state of Michigan, up in the UP and everywhere else. And early in my career, in the, in the, in the early 1990s, I remember working in a community, a very small rural community in South Dakota. And was talking to people there, and there were individuals who were given diagnoses of needing chemotherapy 
that weren't going because the closest chemotherapy was a hundred and some odd miles away and uh, they didn't want to put out their family to try to make those trips regularly like they needed to do in some cases daily. Uh, and I just thought to myself, like, simply for the lack of a trip, look at this awful outcome that's happening. And at that time, I went back, I worked with some of the Congress congressional offices I knew in South Dakota, and we were able to get some vehicles into that community to make those kinds of trips happen. And early in my career, I, it was just really clear to me that this is the kind of workout I want to do. And, and, and this is the kind of thing that, you know, you go home at night and you're, you're proud of what you've accomplished and you know that what's happening all around the country that I have just a little piece in and my organization, CTA, we have a, we're helping to make those things happen. And, and I, 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 I like that. And it's something that, you know, kind of, that's my mission and kind of my values and, and this work fits with it really well. It sure does. I know that's, um, I understand that totally because I had a chance to retire. I could have retired after um, switching jobs and Mr. Benning had come into the radio station where I was hosting. And that's where I learned they had these services that I hadn't even been aware of. My father had been diagnosed with cancer and we had to get him to a to chemo and I could not leave the radio station and be dead air on there. I could not do that. And that's when Mr. Benning and Charlene Kowalski, who used to work here, had told me he can get a your ride for $2.25. I can't tell you how how honored I was, just how um, grateful I was and how impressed I was that they could do that. So I thought, if I ever lose my job, I want to work for you. And like I said, be careful what you wish for because you might just get it, lo and behold. But no, I mean, I really could have just retired at that point, spent time with my mom, but I loved so much what Ed was doing. I loved his passion that I wanted to work for somebody yes. that makes a difference. And that's the only reason why I continue working is because I want to make a difference. And MTA, your help with CTAA together, are changing so many lives that you don't even see. You guys are working at, in Washington and you're working with all in the trenches, like you said. You know what's needed out there. But the average person taking that ride might not realize it. So I'm thanking both of you for all of the passengers out there that might not know you exist and this is happening. Hopefully they'll listen to the podcast and appreciate what you're doing. But thank you to both of you. And don't give up the fight. Keep doing it because we oh, need yeah. you. Oh, my thought is... Well, you know, go ahead, Scott. I, go ahead, well, Scott. I was just going to... You know, the Rides to Wellness program that Ed and his team have brought forward into Flint really represents such an innovative operational model for public transit. And it really turns on its head the notion of how we provide public transit, going from a notion that like we just put, we put routes out there in buses and now you, the potential passengers, you need to find your way to a system that we've set up. And, and I think moving forward, concepts like rides to wellness that say, no, what do you need? How do you need to get there? And we'll develop a system that makes the most sense economically and from an efficiency standpoint is really where the entire transit industry is headed. And so many systems are mired in kind of doing things the way we've always done it mentalities and Flint it, that is not the case and that's why when Ed comes to Washington we want to push him into those meetings with the Senate Banking Committee because what they're doing is really revolutionary and it's really making public transit a much much more oriented to the customers 
And, and that's the end goal of all of these things is, is, is not challenging someone to ride, but rather making it as easy as possible. And there are so many outcomes in the country, human service, employment, healthcare, that just for that lack of a trip, we're failing to deliver better services. For, for somebody who's just being isolated, we get an elder who just can't get somewhere. These trips aren't that expensive. And when we can do them in a way like, like Flint MTA is doing with the rides to wellness, we can come up with ways to batch these trips together, make them as efficient as possible, and then also get these outcomes. So that, that's what, what I get excited about. I, I want to see dozens and dozens of additional communities around the country kind of customizing and building, and building on what Ed started there and, and having that work in, in ways that make sense in their communities. That's what, if I was to say like where all this is headed, that's, that's where I hope we can, we, can, we can really, and where I want to emphasize and focus our work. Well, I know um, last week I was talking with Jay and he did not realize, I try to give like a little bit of fun facts every week. And there's 4 million people, over 4 million people that miss a doctor's appointment due to lack of transportation. And that's why Ed said we have to get this rides to wellness. We have the, uh, um, the vets to wellness where we'll take a veteran to the hospital in Ann Arbor and wait with him. On the way home, they're able to stop by the pharmacy or to the grocery store to get him back home safely. And these are such wonderful services and that veterans get six free rides a month. And so do their spouses or even their widows. And Charlene Kowalski, who used to work here, said that Ed is the best negotiator for all of those things because he knows the need. <laughs> she saw him go into a meeting with these men that were so angry, they wanted just to hang him when he came in. And by the time he left, they were shaking his hand saying, thank you so much. <laughs> so quite the negotiator. So you guys working together, I know you're making a huge difference out there. And I would love to watch you guys in, in action sometime. Can we ever like hear you or watch you? <laughs> Oh, sure. We may have some, some hearings that we're both involved with, so Good. We'll, we'll let you know. You know, I've often told people that in our business, you uh, you have to be at the table or you're on the menu. And uh, <laughs> they'll laugh, but that's the truth. Wow. And, and, you know, you know, Scott, better than anyone, is we have to be right there before them because we have to keep telling our story and they have to understand it because most people, when you talk about transportation, it's um they don't quite understand it they don't uh, when you start talking dollars and cents they they pick up on it but the reality is with the number of people in this country that continue to turn age 65 on a daily basis the need for transportation only continues to grow and as god pointed out having special services that better meet the needs of our communities is really our future yeah. Well, you once told me there's 10,000 people that are turning 65 years old each and every day, and it's going to happen for the next 17 to 20 years. That's a lot of people turning 65 yes, that are yeah. going to need. And you also said, today you're driving, tomorrow you might be riding. That's right. That's right. When I get older, I don't want to drive. I'm I already know. angry enough at, at, at bad drivers on 23. Hey, I've got a convertible. There's snow and ice. I want to call somebody to come and get me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I like the fact that you actually were a daily transit user yourself. And so you saw the importance, Scott, of what needed to be done out out there didn't you by being a passenger yourself absolutely i'm back on the buses and the trains since june 1st uh once i got vaccinated and we opened um my whole staff all, all 22 of us are all vaccinated so we we kind of reopened and uh uh we're all back on the on the buses and the trains the, to drive into downtown dc to our offices 
and try to find and pay for parking is so exorbitantly expensive. Uh, you know, we're, we're all transit users and I have, I have ridden on transit buses uh, through our membership and through almost uh, 32 plus years working for CTAA. Um, I've ridden on transit buses in every state in the country except for Hawaii. Uh, it's the only one I've missed. And so, yeah, uh, and there's common things I always look for. You know, I, friendly drivers, welcoming drivers, passengers who are interacting with drivers in positive ways. Uh, there, there are things that you know when you get on, a, on, on in, into any system that you can spot and it tells you right off the bat, uh, this is a well-run system. The, the, the training is obviously uh, up, up to a very high level because look at, look at the way things are going. And um, yeah, I, I, I think you have to at least, I've never run a transit system, but I, I, I've, I've ridden on a great deal of them. I know. My, my brother actually lives in the uh, D.C. area, and whenever going to downtown D.C., you'd never drive because the traffic no. is absolutely atrocious and the metro is so much faster. And actually, that's a very clean subway system down there. Mm-hmm. And just trying to find it parking. Is. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of people, when they think about public transit, they're stuck on like subways. And, right. and I think that the, the new normal that we're going to kind of emerge into, and from a transportation perspective, it's going to be flexible fleets, like the one that Flynn MTA has, where you've got everything from sedans up to 40-foot buses, that can flexibly move around the community, change on a dime to meet new ridership patterns and travel patterns. That's going to be, I think, in the next five years, what many systems are really going to gravitate towards because that flexibility is going to be highly valued. Well, we sure thank you for taking your valuable time to come here and talk with us today because I've learned a lot, I know, and people are listening, I'm sure, are very grateful to you now knowing what you've done for us. So any last words you'd like to share with us? Uh, no, I, I mean, the, just I'm, I'm grateful that, that and, and this podcast represents a system that's talking and making sure that you're interacting with the community and that you're, you're making sure that the riders, the passengers, and the customers, and the customers aren't always just the riders. They're employers. They're so many other types of organizations in Genesee County. You know, th- this kind of dialogue and, 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 and reaching out in, in an innovative way like this to customers is, is, is really critical. So I just like to say thanks for both inviting me and for, for this work you're doing because it's important. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Because I know a lot of people have said, oh, people that ride the bus just can't afford a car. And it's like, that's not the case at all. We have a regional bus, and this is thanks to Ed as well. There was a, I'm sure you know of it, there was a a mall called the Great Lakes Crossing, and they had built this beautiful mall, and they could not find anybody to work in the mall. And yet, Genesee County had people looking for work. And so Ed said, let's make this a win-win. We're going to take a bus from Flint, Michigan, and go all the way to the Great Lakes Crossing to take workers back and forth. And 10,000 people a week are going back and forth to work, bringing back $180 million here in the Genesee County area because they can live here. They can buy their groceries here from working at the Great Lakes Crossing, which is another mall they can go shopping in. And that happened in Livingston and happened in Howell. So it was happening everywhere because of the great minds, because Ed got flack for that too. They said, why would you take jobs away from the Genesee County or Genesee County area? Is it because they need the work and the mall needs the employees? And I have to say, isn't that one of your most rewarding 
programs that you put together, Ed? I think it is. I think, you know, uh, all of them are important. That, that's that been a real mainstay for us since 1997. And uh, it's, you know, done nothing but grow. The pandemic has put a kind of a clog in the wheel, if you will. Mm-hmm. So now we have to regroup and make some changes. But uh, the Rides to Wellness program has been uh, equally uh, very important. And uh, we have become relevant. Uh, I heard uh, Scott use that term be relevant and you know we are relevant when we had our last millage vote in the community people were not talking about empty buses i did not hear anyone talk about empty buses and i've been here 41 years and and we hear that when you're out we never heard one word what we heard is you people are everywhere everywhere we look we, <laughs> yeah. i've we heard see that your vehicles everywhere how many vehicles in fact yesterday i was questioned i got a phone call they want to know how many vehicles. I was on the radio last Saturday. They wanted to know, and I got a phone call yesterday. How many vehicles do you have? Are you growing vehicles over there? And uh, <laughs> I said, well, we, we're moving people. And, uh, but that's been, you know, extremely uh, valuable program, one we're really proud of. And the thing that's so important is that many of the people that we're transporting uh, – they're so appreciative, and they never thought they'd use public transit. But now they look up, and all of a sudden, you have your in-laws, your your own family members, your spouse, uh, neighbors that need transportation. Mm-hmm. And without the right transportation, like Scott mentioned, they're not all going to walk to the bus. They need transportation that gets them from point A to B in a very efficient, effective, and in a way that is cost-effective for them and be able to do that. And it could be as simple, too, as getting groceries. Mm-hmm. And we don't think much of it, but for someone that's in their home and needs to get help to get groceries, that's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that um, there was, we talked about this during the presentations, there's something called a food desert where mm-hmm. people are not able to get to the groceries. A lot of these grocery stores have closed. We had a big one called Pearson Road, uh, Pearson Road called Meyer, of course, it closed. And some people are eating, these seniors and children are eating out of the vending machines. They're going to the local drugstores and they're having donuts and candy bars instead of food. So we have uh, rides to groceries. And that will take somebody to the to get fresh fruits and vegetables, even downtown Flint. And once you go downtown Flint to the farmer's market, there are trolleys around there. And those are all free from MTA to take you all around Flint. There's so many wonderful things that MTA does. And it's not oh, just empty buses. <laughs> it's not just a bus. Oh, it's so much sorry. more, so much more. So I think we're all proud to work for that. I know Jay and I talked about how proud we are to work for MTA. And I know it has to be so rewarding. I know it's a job. It's challenging, but it's very rewarding for you guys as well. Absolutely. You know, and and today I know Scott touched on it in the planning uh, conference and his uh, presentation. And the reality is the next five years are going to be very interesting. And they're going to be interesting in the fact that we will, it will be necessary for us to reinvent public transit. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, and look at ways that we better serve the community, not only flexing routes, changing routes, and, you know, vanilla is not going to work. It's going to yeah. be a lot of flavors. Mm-hmm. Well, the one, the brand new thing that we just started here, Scott, not sure if you're aware of it, but it's a, it's a brilliant program, is sometimes people come into the Flint Bishop Airport, and there is not an Uber, there's not, a, there's not a taxi service, there's no way to get them to where they have to go. And if, if, if we don't want it to be just, you know, don't call your mom, call us instead. But if they're stranded, if somebody's stranded at the airport and they don't have a way to get home, we're going to make a, we've designed, devised that through uh, your ride. And within 30 minutes, they can call and they're going to get a ride to their home within Genesee County for $15. 
And that is huge. People that yeah. come in, there's a few doctors that came into town and thought, oh, I hadn't planned for my trip. I thought there was going to be a shuttle here from the airport from the, to my hotel. No, there's not. So that was really important that we got that doctor to his appointment on time. So, well, that, You know, Stephanie, in the common element in all of these innovations we're talking about is listening to a customer and devising uh, uh, answers, solutions to their mobility challenges, whatever they are. And, and that too often is lost in the equation in the leadership of transit agencies. They're, they're too busy running their routes to listen to anyone. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, obviously that's not the case in Flint. And, and that's really what we're trying to encourage all around the country is that that engagement, the, this, this podcast, it, it makes people feel like they can talk to this system that they're investing in and, and make it work for them. And because they see all these examples exactly of that happening. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that's a, that's another outcome here that, um, deserve Ed and his team deserve a lot of credit for. He certainly does. I witnessed him talking to somebody who had a problem. He's like, I profusely apologize. I should never have happened. Take my card. And if you have a problem, you call me again. And he fixed it immediately. I've even seen him leave his desk to go pick somebody up that was at Meyer and say, hey, I, I need a ride and it's not here yet. So he went and picked them up. And that was, I mean, I, he, he, he cares. He could just say, okay, call a manager and go do it. He just did it himself because he cares that much. So it's just, there's things that happen behind the scenes that people just don't know. And I'd love to be able to tell them about it. So thank you for coming on. Let's talk about that because it gives us the opportunity as well. Yep. Absolutely. And and that is, that is a... So many of CTAA's uh, members kind of have that in their background. A lot of them started out as bus drivers and ended up managing systems. But a lot of them, too, when there aren't enough drivers or people call in sick, they'll hop behind the wheel and they'll, they'll, they'll become an operator. And uh, it keeps you connected to the real purpose of all this. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You said you, know, you ride it. Go ahead. You know, we have a substantial size staff, uh, Scott as you'd guess with all of our programs. And sometimes when people are telling me that they're just, you know, too much to do, I said, just picture this. A driver don't show up, you have to drive. But by the way, you're dispatching and you're gonna have to lock the office because you're running the office. And you'll be the one that will wash the bus tonight because you're running a very small system and they don't have what we have. And they have to look in the mirror when they need help. So I said, when you're having a really rough day, I said, let me take you out to one of these small systems You'll appreciate what you have. <laughs> <laughs> I have a coworker who worked in the HR department. She said, man, I was so busy over there. I couldn't believe it. And now she came over to the customer service and marketing department. She goes, oh my gosh, I think I'm busier here than I was over there. And she realized how each and every department is just as busy as the next. You might think, oh, they can't be busy in that department. Every department here is busy. And we're oh, all yeah. multitasking mm -hmm. and trying to do so many different things. And it takes all these people. It takes a village you know, to raise a child, to make that one transportation happen for that one person. So much goes into it. Now they'll know. Now they'll know when they listen to it. Thanks to all of us coming together. So definitely want to thank you for being here. And anytime you want to come back and talk about something else, the door is always open for you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And uh, uh, again, uh, really appreciate the, the the podcast and the fact that that you, you're doing this. And and episode forty three means <laughs> you're committed to this. This isn't just a uh, this isn't just something that's a one off. And that's great. Uh, and anytime I can help with this. Uh, all you need to do is shoot me an email. I'll be happy to join. And uh, I hope in the near future, 
Uh, we, we, we would be talking about good successes coming out of Washington when it comes to infrastructure and surface transportation investment that can keep uh, agencies like Flint MTA fully invested in and being able to do the work that they do. Well, with you two being co-pilots, I think that's going to happen. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. We appreciate you. Well, thanks for listening. And, you know, you can listen anytime. You can go to On the Road with MTA and listen anytime you'd like. The podcast is there for you. And please listen again next week. We're going to have some other special guests. As a matter of fact, I'm going to see if Mr. Benning might join us again next week. Could you do that, perhaps? Sure, sure. All right. <laughs> Maybe we'll just keep him here and chain him into the room. We can't leave. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> well, thanks for listening once again. And please stay safe on those roads and stay safe wherever you go. And thanks for listening to On the Road with MTA and Jay. You've been listening to On the Road with the MTA. For more information on our services and community outreach, visit us online anytime at www.mtaflint.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The MTA, your community, your connection, your way.